Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning at First Presbyterian Church. You might notice the purple um, on the pyramids. We are in the season of Lent. Now, at each of the entrances, there is a piece of paper like this. And uh, it tells you all about the things that are happening this season of Lent. And there's so much on it. I don't want to go through all of it, but I want you to keep this with you throughout this season. I will tell you briefly, there's something this week, uh, sun, or, sorry, this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Tomorrow, the downtown church worship and lunch series returns. That will be at Immaculate Conception Church just across the parking lot. Um, at 12.15 tomorrow, there is lunch before and after for any who would like to come, but the worship is that half hour from 12.15 to 12.45. On Tuesday, there is a mission opportunity. We're going to have an active mission opportunity each week of Lent, and this week it's on the Tuesday at the Clearinghouse if you would like to fill backpacks, just let Keely know or one of the pastors know if you'd like to join in for that one hour. And then on Wednesday, there will be morning prayer in the chapel at 8 a.m. every Wednesday of Lent. That will last 15, 20 minutes, so it will be brief, but it will be a way uh, to begin our midweek in the season of Lent. So if you would like to participate in that. So there's worship, there's mission, there's prayer, all of these opportunities as we walk this path in Lent. I do want to tell you about something that will not conflict with any of those uh, opportunities either, and that is this afternoon, the River Valley Community Band will be having their winter concert, 3 p.m. at Ramsey Junior High. Uh, it's free, they have a special conductor today, and you're asking yourself, why do I care? And I'm going to tell you, it's because Randy Harper and Emily Evans and Ron Evans are all members of the River Valley Community Band. They'd love to have you come. Let's worship God.
Our call to worship this morning comes to us from Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Let us pray. Holy God, we pray that you would be with us during this time of worship, that you would help us to set aside all that which distracts us, and help us to be fully present here with you and with one another, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's stand and sing our first song.
Please remain standing as we confess our sins before God and one another. There is a prayer written in your bulletins and on your screens. Let us pray. Gracious God, we confess that we often pray for wants rather than needs. We confess we even choose our wants over other needs. Forgive us for our greed. Forgive us for our lack of trust. Help us to discern your priorities and will for us. And once we've discerned, help us to live them out one day at a time. It is in your holy name that we pray. Amen. My friends, who is in a position to condemn? It is only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. The new life has come. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Let us sing to God's glory. may be seated. Let us pray. To our path, your word is a lamp to our feet. We pray that as we hear your word read and proclaimed this day, that it would illuminate our next steps, that it would show us our way. Silence any voice but your own and draw us closer to you. That is our prayer. It's in your holy name that we ask it. Amen. We have a series we are starting for Lent that is on ordinary items, ordinary things we might see in our lives and how they can help us uh, in our faith walk. You will hear pretty clearly in a moment with these two passages what our ordinary item is today. The first is from Exodus 16, beginning at verse 2. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and carry enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, 
in the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. And then at verse 13, In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who had gathered more had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, Let none Let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul, and Moses became angry. They gathered it as much as they needed, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. And then from John's Gospel, chapter 6. The crowd said to Jesus, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, I want you to think about, for a moment as we begin, I want you to think about a time in your life when God felt closest to you. I want you to think about it. Harken back. A memory. A moment. A season, a place. God felt this close. When I think about how I might answer that question, there have been a couple of times, a few times in my life where God has felt this close. One of them would have to be when I was a teenager and I would go to the Blue Ridge Mountains to the little town of of Montreat, North Carolina. I would go there for the youth conferences that Presbyterians hold every summer. And one summer in particular, I remember in those mountains, it was like God was right here. 
in those mountains. I mean, right there. And, and we would have a, a candlelight worship service in the evening around a lake there, around the water. And during that service, it was like God was speaking. It was that close. And it was amazing. That was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, and I can still bring it to mind even today. I, when I think about times like that, I, I can't help but think about this, this passage in Exodus that I read for you. It was a little bit long, but it's so important. It, it's speaking to that kind of movement because I think about what they had seen. What had that band of people seen? They had seen Pharaoh, the most powerful ruler they'd ever heard of. They'd seen him defeated. And their slavery ended. All because God was that close. And then at the water, you know, their water wasn't a lake, it was a Red Sea. And at their water, they saw, they saw that water held back. The miracle of it so that they could run through. They saw all of that. It's amazing. And in the way we read it in Exodus, that there's only six verses. There's, there's six verses between that amazing closeness of God and what I read for you. There are six verses between it. All that closeness is gone in their minds. And now it's just a regular Thursday for them, and they are hungry, and they're anxious, and they're bored, and they're upset. They cry out for help, and God says, okay, here we go, here we go. I'm going to send you bread every day, every single day. And we read that the next morning they get up, and once all the dew, you know, has burned off, for the day, once the dew is off the grass, there it is. There it is. It's bread. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. We have to assume that what they saw there was not impressive. This was not Panera loaves, you know, hot and steaming on the grass. We assume that because they looked at it and they said, what is that? <laughs> it probably wasn't even tasty, but it was there. It was there. What had been promised was there every day. Now, I personally don't remember everything about this last Thursday in my own life, a regular Thursday, right? A regular Thursday in your life. I can tell you this about last Thursday. I know that I did not feel that God was as close to me as he was in those mountains. I know that. God did not feel as close last Thursday as he did in those mountains. And I know that because we don't live our lives on mountaintops. We live our lives a lot more like these wilderness passages in Exodus, wandering around, confused, not fully feeling at home, no matter what we do, and with a fair amount of grumbling 
on top of all of that. That's where we live a lot of our lives. Not on the mountain, in the wilderness. And it's where the crowd is living when Jesus talks to them too. Uh, John writes this passage. You heard the theme there. I told you you would. He writes the passage so that we will see the clear parallels with the Exodus story. The crowd is hungry for bread. They're anxious. They're upset. They want a sign. They want miracles. And so they've come to Jesus. Now what you don't know from what I read from you for you is that just the day before, the day before is when he fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. The day before. And the day before, that night before, is when he walked on water. And they saw this miracle on the water. But that was yesterday. That was yesterday. And now they're hungry. And they're anxious. And they grumble. Even our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. So what will you give us, Jesus? They ask him, what will you give us? The mountaintop was yesterday. The worship on the water, yesterday. We are back to the everyday, Jesus. What will you give us in the everyday? Because that's the problem. That's the problem in our lives of faith. When life is amazing, picture it. Those moments in your life when it has been amazing. Well, when it's amazing, it's amazing. And we see God's hand in everything that's happening. It's amazing. And even when it's the opposite, even when life is the worst, none of us would choose it, but when it's the worst, many of us can tell the tale that when it was darkest, that's when we came to the end of ourselves and saw God there. That's, that's when we met God, was in the worst. It's not the best days or the worst days that are going to starve our faith. It's the every days that are going to do us in. It's the every days. Here's what one Christian author has said about this. He says this. He goes, this is my problem. Everydayness is my problem. It's easy to think about what you would do in wartime or if a hurricane blows through, or if you won the lottery, or you bought that thing you really wanted, it's a lot more difficult to figure out how you're going to get through today without despair. Everydayness is my problem. And then he gives this quote from Wallace Stevens. He says, the way through the world is more difficult to find than the way beyond it. Everydayness is the problem for our faith. And it's the problem with keeping up the level of our faithfulness. The Israelites wandered for 40 years, and we can sympathize with the effort. We know how it can wear us out to wander for so long. And so it is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing that Jesus makes this first I am statement. This is only in John John shows us these I am statements. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the living water. The very first one of those, I am the bread of life. It's the very first one. 
and he doesn't say it on a mountaintop, and he doesn't say it in some miracle on the water. He says it in the wilderness. It's in the wilderness that he tells the crowd, I am the bread of life, of life, of living. And then he says, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He offers it every day. He offers it because the crowd is hungry. And I want you to think about this week. I want you to think about how ordinary it is, the stuff that Jesus tells us we will find him in. Think about how ordinary the things are that Jesus says, you can know me through that. It is bread of communion and of himself, and it is water of baptism and of himself. It is bread and water, ordinary things, things we give prisoners, <laughs> the most basic of things. And I think he gives those to us. He says, you can meet me in those things. He does that because he knows we will encounter them every day, throughout the day. We will encounter bread. And he wants us to, every time we encounter it, to use that as an opportunity for him to nourish us. Oh, there's bread again. He's here to nourish you. I think our life of faith has much in common with our stomachs. Here's what I think is in common with our stomachs. I asked you at the beginning of this sermon to think about a time when God felt very close to you. And I hope, I hope and I pray that you could come up with a memory of that time. I could also ask you to remember the time which was a favorite meal of yours right? Just the best meal. It tasted the best. You were with the best people. It was in the best moment. A steak that had been cooked to perfection, the fluffiest biscuits, a sublime dessert. You could think of that meal. And even now, you could remember that meal, and it would make you happy. It might even nourish you a little bit, the memory of it, of how great it was. But if that meal was 30 years ago, or six verses ago, or even just yesterday, and you haven't eaten since, then let me tell you, the two for three dollar roller grill items that have sat on the heater at the gas station down the street for the last 12 hours are starting to look good. We have to be nourished every day or we will starve. That's how our stomachs work. That's how our faith works. If we just live off of mountaintop experiences, we will never be full. Now, I am not saying that your slice of toast will usher you into the presence of God especially the 45 calorie or under slice of toast. It is not going to usher you into the presence of God. But that slice of toast is a reminder 
that Jesus is the bread of life. He is not the bread only for the mountaintop experiences. He is the bread of your life. The everyday bread to feed you, even in small ways, even in ways where you might ask, what is that? It might not be impressive, but it is there every day. And so our work... Our effort is to try to live our lives, live our days with our eyes open enough, our hearts open enough, so that we can use that toast. Let that toast be a reminder of the Lord's presence and nourishment. Use the everyday items. The way through the world, remember that quote? is more difficult to find than the way beyond it. The way through the world is more difficult to find than the way beyond it, and how true that is. So come to Jesus often. Don't save up for a special occasion over and over in bread, in water, in those everyday moments, those most basic things. Notice them. Use them. Pray for them. Jesus asked us to pray for them every single day because he is the bread of life, of mountaintops, of water and miracles, of the wilderness. He is the bread of everyday life. He's your daily bread. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and holy and merciful God, We come before you this day, as always, in need of your grace in our lives, your strength in our lives, your courage in our lives, your commitment in our lives. There is a week which lies before each of us, full of ordinary moments and potentially extraordinary occasions. And we take this moment of silent prayer to ask your presence in our week ahead. Loving God, we know that over the course of this week, we will worry and fret about those whom we love. Particularly, we will worry about those who are sick and who are in need of your healing touch, those who are distant from you, are in need of your presence, those who are struggling with sorrow and sadness and depression, who are in need of your grace and comfort. 
And we take this moment now to offer to you, aloud or in the silence of our own hearts, our prayers for particular people and situations. Holy God, we are also mindful of the events of the world, of our nation, which splash across our eyes so often during the course of a week. And we want to offer this silent prayer to you for those places in the world where we are most concerned and troubled. Loving God, we are never without your grace, never without the blessings of your good creation. We thank you for the many ways in which you have blessed us, and it is always with gratitude that we pray. Gratitude for our families and friends, gratitude for our brothers and sisters in Christ, gratitude for the word of Jesus which has been spread throughout your world, Gratitude for opportunities to serve you and to serve our neighbors. Gratitude for love, love received and love shared. And thus it is within, with gratitude in our hearts that we pray the prayer that we were taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We don't pass an offering basket anymore. There is an offering basket there. There is also a link on your screen should you choose to give. In the meantime, please receive this offering of music.
Holy God, we thank you for the many gifts and blessings you have placed in our lives. We return our humble tithes and offerings to you, that they may be used for your glory in this place and throughout your world. In Jesus' name, amen. ended quite early this morning, about 20 minutes early, and oh my goodness, maybe Wednesday morning 8 a.m. prayer for 20 minutes would round out our hour for the week. Just reminding you, take one home with you, please. May the love of Christ go with you as you go. May he walk with you wherever he sends you, through the wilderness, through the storm, May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once more into these doors. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Please greet one another in his name. <laughs>